Hello, everyone. I wanted to let all of our wonderful listeners know just how much we have appreciated their support over the past year. We'd especially like to thank all of our Patreon members who go the extra mile by making financial donations that have allowed us to keep the show on the air for the past five years. In those past five years, we've released nearly 400 episodes, garnering nearly 3 million downloads, which is only possible because of listeners like you. While my team and I are on a much-needed holiday break this week and next, we wanted to share with all of our listeners a couple of our episodes, which were previously only available to our patrons. Today, you'll be hearing a recent bonus episode I recorded on the now infamous cult known as Twin Flames Universe, which has been highly publicized in the media lately. If you are not a patron yet and would like to access nearly 50 other bonus episodes, please consider becoming a member for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash indoctrination. You can find a link in the show notes to this episode. If you are already a member, thanks again for your support, and please take a look through our feed of hundreds of episodes and see if there's one that you may have missed. As a patron, you also have exclusive access to our first 50 episodes, which are only available on Patreon. You can access those episodes under the Collections tab in Patreon or simply follow the link in the show notes of this episode. Thanks for tuning in to our Patreon-exclusive bonus episode. Listeners like you are the reason we keep the show going, so thanks so much for your support. And enjoy this bonus interview as our thanks to you. Hello, Patreon supporters. Thank you so, so, so much. Here is a new bonus episode for you. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hey everyone, I'm Shalia. We're coming to you today for a brief video to make you aware of a response that we have created uh, to a growing controversy uh, about us on the internet. And this controversy has been very uh, damaging to us emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, uh, financially, and reputationally. This controversy is actually a conspiracy created by our haters and blown up in the mass media to shut us down. I'm sure that there are going to be new cults all the time that you're going to be hearing about and... What's really good is that the media is attaching itself to stories now that I think are really educational about particular groups and how people can get ensnared in particular groups. And there are two documentaries coming out about a group called Twin Flame Universe. Now, for a lot of people, it will be the first time they've heard of the group. I heard about it about four years ago when I first started getting calls from families who were very, very concerned about this group. And they were saying that their kids 
young adult kids had left to get involved and were supposed to move in with other people in the group. And you were supposed to be able to find your destiny, the person that you're supposed to be with, your twin flame. And they were going to teach you how to receive this gift, being open to your twin flame. And so a twin flame, according to that kind of lore and mythology, is this idea that you have someone out there who is not just a partner, but really is the other half of you. It is considered something spiritual. It's considered this sort of perfect union where you merge into full beings together. There's a lot more to that, and there there's a lot more that is going to sound a lot like a lot of the things that you hear about on the podcast, where it's a lot of psychobabble. While there are some people who do believe they're with their twin flame, and I wouldn't want to doubt that they might be right, whatever that means to them. What is different about this story, though, is that there's a group that will link people to each other, and it's highly problematic. Hi, I'm Jeff. Today we're going to talk about, has Christ come again? Uh, Yes, I'm suggesting that, uh, could I be Christ? Let's have a little discussion about this. Let's find out. What is it that makes Christ? What would happen if Christ came again? And uh, more interestingly, what if I am the Christ? One of the first cases I dealt with was with a woman who called me to say that she and her husband and other daughter were highly concerned because their youngest daughter was now dressing as a man and was calling themselves a male name and was about to go on hormones without having any history of feeling the proclivity to transition and without any feeling of conflict about who they were before, but suddenly they needed to become a male in order to join with their twin flame. I thought, what? What is that about? And so then I started getting other calls from people. Something's happened to my child. I can't relate to them anymore. They say that I'm not really their family anymore. They've moved in and with someone who they call their twin flame was also through this organization. And they're making videos every day to go on the website for this group. And this group is called Twin Flame Universe. Well, once again, I'm hearing about this group. And then a third case. And then a fourth case. I now have two ongoing long-term cases and was going to be involved in one of the two documentaries and then seemed like that wouldn't be a good idea because I really do have these ongoing cases with families and I didn't want to come across as biased in the media, even though I have actually done a podcast episode on someone else's podcast. But it wasn't as much of a public thing as I think it would have been for me to be on Netflix suddenly. And I think that's something my clients might have seen. What's different about this group is that it is run by two of the most maddeningly disconnected people, disconnected emotionally, Jeff and Shalia. Hi there and welcome back. 
our channel. Welcome back. They are twin flames, of course. And it's hard to know whose idea this was to start this organization, but they both truly have convinced all their followers that they know who they are destined to be with. And they are absolutely right. They live in a mansion now, living off of people's faith in them. What's up, my Ascension coaches? Today we're going to do a little bit of math. But first, I'm going to give you a brief little walk around in my new place. No one's seen it really yet. And take some time to get a house the way you like it. This is my pool, my slide, you know, my little hot tub. And we've got a little waterfall. We haven't really furnished it yet, but we're going to make it real nice. This is my house. It's a pretty sweet spot. I'm going to show you this because I want to show you just how within reach something like this is for you as an Ascension coach. They are not people who take this seriously, though. You see them on these videos just kind of not really even making a whole lot of sense. They don't come across as having life wisdom. They don't come across as professional. They don't come across as even all that nice. And they're kind of laughing. And it is a horrible game that they're playing, especially having people, not all, but some, go on hormones, which shifts you. It just really does. There's almost no way to go through a whole regimen of hormones and not be changed. So for some people, they're really playing with fire. Really, really wrong. And they have also convinced people that they have special powers, that they absolutely know what, uh, you know, people in their life should be doing, should be thinking, that who the people in their life should be, who their partners should be. And they're absolutely sure that they are correct. They're absolutely sure also <laughs> that they can dictate for a lot of people a lot of things like who they should be with, how they should eat. They have a whole diet program. What kind of care, psychological care someone should get and if they should kind of keep it in-house and get the help they need in-house and not go for help outside. They dictate way too much than is healthy for the people in the group. They, with a great amount of hubris, feel that they have the right to tell people what to do in every facet of their life. Today we're going to talk about something that is both very delightful and wonderful and also actually really sensitive to us. Uh, today, we just discovered that we're not just millionaires, we're multi-millionaires. <laughs> People also who have spent time with them who are followers will talk about feeling that there's an aura around them, that they kind of float above the earth. They have convinced people that they are angels to a certain degree, that they are heavenly beings. And along with that, they can also somehow hear everyone's thoughts. They can sense their energy. They know what they're saying. They know what they're doing. They know what they're planning. I mean, they don't, really, of course, but they come across that way. So, a lot of the people I have talked to, I'm trying to help, are afraid of saying things out loud to me or even thinking them if they are at all critical of what's happening there and what Jeff and Shalia are doing. 
they get people to work for free for them or next to nothing while their personal fortune grows. And there are these photos of them just sort of frolicking in their big pool. And, you know, I think about these people who they've made to move in together who are living either paycheck to paycheck or just getting by. Well, again, they are in this very detached way, enjoying the fact that they have been able to siphon off resources from people who are just in search of love. They also create drama. They have infighting in the group. They create dramatic situations with people who should never have been put together, and some of whom now are on hormones, which, of course, makes things harder emotionally. People feel less balanced, less predictable, less sure of how they're feeling at any given moment. But they create an impossible situation. And then they have the people who are in these new dyads, these new relationships, film all their struggles, the challenges they're having of really being able to see that twin flame in the other person and really feeling good about the relationship. Or when they're having a particularly good day, they're also supposed to film that. They use the members for their own PR. But the sad videos are really the ones where you can tell these people were not meant to be together, but they somehow have to make sense of it and they have to make it work. And they're really challenged by it. And really with a devoted and true heart, they are trying to make it happen to prove that they're worthy of being in a twin flame relationship, to prove to Jeff and Shalia that they're open to this blessing and open to this opportunity. But you can see how tortured they are. They also are very, very good at shaming. And so if you are not happy with the relationship you're in, you're not doing it right. And you need to put your ego aside and, you you know, all the same stuff that you've heard over and over again, just, you know, packaged in a different way. But what's so interesting about making people go public online with their trials, with their successes, with their relationships, is that oftentimes when people go public and they say something out loud to people listening, they then feel like they have to stick with it. They have to somehow keep going with that story because they've said out loud, yes, this is my twin flame. Well, how do they go back on that? So a lot of people hold themselves up to a certain amount of personal integrity that once they have voiced something publicly, it needs to be something that they really believe in and continue to believe in. And I don't know if Jeff and Chalia are kind of smart enough to know that that's what they're doing to people, really deeply embedding them in this group by making them go public so soon. But it is the end result. What I think is also really interesting is that they can get people to feel like they haven't done enough, even though they've given up their lives and even though they have maybe transitioned even though they're doing so much work for free, even though they're also paying for the diet plan and paying for counseling there and paying for everything. Still, a lot of the people I work with have to go early from the sessions because they have to go call them. They, they, they're supposed to be on a call to plan the next something, big fundraising thing. They, they're always being used and they're exhausted and they're really spent. What you also find is that in this group, they have them sign NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. 
So they're not at liberty to talk about what's happening to them. They have them actually sign a lot of forms that are under the guise of being protective towards the person, but they're just protective towards Jeff and Julia. And so when you are forced to sign a non-disclosure agreement, when you're actually forced to sign it before you had a chance to read it, you signed it under duress. And that's something, if you have ever done that, that's something to bring up with an attorney. Because you want to know, in certain situations, you actually have some recourse. You can find the NDA to be null and void because of the situation you were in when you were coerced into signing it. But what I find then unconscionable is that people are left powerless. They feel like they can't share what's happened to them. They feel like it would be a betrayal of Jeff and Shalia. And also they think it's illegal to share. So there are many more people who are kind of the walking wounded from this group that you just don't hear about because you can't hear their stories. They don't know about potentially contacting an attorney to find out if they can reverse that agreement. When you also have these two people who are enjoying their power way too much, you can just see it when you hear them speak online. What is up, everyone? I am Jeff, and today we're going to do a reading, my first reading back on my YouTube channel from the Energy Oracle cards from Sandra Ann Taylor. Uh, this is a great deck, an essential deck in our collection. You also see this strange kind of dehumanization of their victims. They don't care about the harm they're causing. They don't care that they're wanting to come across as these enlightened beings, but what they're doing as they're sweeping through is that they're just causing destruction and leaving wreckage. There was some audio from some of the meetings that I listened to one time where Jeff and Chalia were meeting with a lot of people who were already involved in the organization, had been for a while, and Jeff was mercurial. So he would lash out at people, and then he was very praiseworthy. If you listened to him and if you agreed with him, then he would lash out again. Then he would say something really silly, like just a kind of weird phrase, trying to sound cool, I think. And it just seemed like he just didn't care about what was happening in front of him. He was sort of making a mockery of it all. But what was interesting is that he made sure that people started really changing their answers to his questions to please him. You could hear in his voice when he asked someone a question about how they felt about what they were doing and if things are working. And if there was any hesitation, he would shame them and direct some sort of blame at them and then give them another chance to answer the question the right way. And they'd say, oh, yes, it is really a wonderful thing that I'm here and thank you so much and you're the best. And he would say something like, well, good, I'm glad you came to your senses. Hi everyone, I'm Jeff, and today we're going to talk about how Vice abandoned reality to call me a cult leader, and then they did it again! Twice! 
it is so incredible just to see the bold-faced manipulation that he engages in. And what I also found was that he and Shaliatu would say things that were contradictory. And if someone was trying to make sense of that, they would turn it back on them. Shalia would just talk about how it did somehow make sense, even though it didn't, and it was still contradictory. But Jeff, not being able to handle being challenged, even though he's the one who said something contradictory, would again turn on the person who's trying to make sense of something and shame them, shut them down. When I think about people like this, I do find that I get angry. I don't get angry a lot, but when I see people who are so callous working with people who are so bruised, and that what they do when they find out that someone is really suffering is they shame them rather than having a moment of introspection, if they really are these spiritual beings, where they say, oh, our techniques might not be working for everyone. Our decisions might not be right for everyone. Maybe we're wrong sometimes. Maybe we're causing some damage. There is no moment of self-reflection. There's no moment so far that I've seen or that I've heard from anyone who's been involved in the group where they have said, you know, I think we were wrong and we're sorry. And what's going to be interesting now is to see what happens with these documentaries because already the people I know who are in this group who are still trying to find a way to leave it can hear a lot of the talk about the documentaries. So from behind the scenes, what you're dealing with is People who are now in an organization run by people who are in a bit of a frenzy because they know things are going to be disclosed that are going to make them feel exposed and very unhappy for being exposed. And so they're running around doing damage control, having people, you know, hide information, making sure people don't go public, making sure that anyone who already went public is defamed. What they're not doing is learning from the documentaries learning from the pain they're causing and saying, oh, now we know this is what happens and we don't want it to happen anymore, so we're going to change our ways. So far, no. I wanted to be able to to finish up by saying the following, though. So about a year and a half ago, I was contacted by Wondery because they were doing a six-part series on this group. And they knew that I had worked with a number of people because a number of the people who they interviewed said that they had been working with me. And again, it was just going to be a six-part series, and it was done. And I started getting mm, texts from some of my clients and their families saying that six-part series was very damaging to them because they interviewed them and they had audio from Jeff and Shalia. But really, at the end of the day, the responses they were getting from the public were responses like, yeah, Jeff and Chilia sound like crazy people, et cetera, et cetera. But what's wrong with these other people who went along with it, who got involved, who moved in with this person who they said was a twin flame, who left their families, who started to transition through hormones? What's wrong with these people? And especially because Jeff and Chilia was causing people to do things that were illegal. They were telling them that they needed to go claim their twin flame. They were using very aggressive language. And in one situation, somebody who was sure that their past partner was their twin flame was told to show up at their past partner's wedding to the next person they were dating to break up the wedding and claim their twin flame, which they did. And then the police were called. 
Did Jeff and Shalia take responsibility for that? Absolutely not. But here you have someone now who has an arrest record because they were told they were sort of, you know, caught up in this frenzy during one of the meetings. And they were told to go out and get them and claim them and kind of grab them. And that's not the way you handle dealing with someone's emotions about a past love who they're missing. You're going to get them into trouble. And that's exactly what happened. So the former members didn't look very good. And what was missing from the six-part series was an understanding about why this can happen, how this can happen, and how the people who are the victims should never be blamed. So they brought me in for a seventh additional kind of addendum episode where they wanted me to explain the how-tos, how this can all happen. And, you know, it's different for different people, but I really, really was excited about the possibility of being able to absolve the people who were victims of the group and had been re-victimized by the way it was handled in the media when they told their story and re-victimized by the mm, responses on social media to them and their involvement in this group. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So who are the types of people that become involved in these groups? You know, I find when I'm looking at the kind of people who get involved that it's um, it's a who question and a when question. Mm-hmm. So the who question part of it is this: the person who is looking for something different, the person who is looking to have relief from depression, from anxiety, the person who wants to have a formula to follow because it's going to help them feel safer in the world. Yeah. The person who wants to achieve things that they haven't been able to yet. And the person also who is uh, disconnected, isolated, wanting community. The when part of it, though, is that a lot of people are going to be vulnerable to getting involved, getting recruited at certain times in their lives, but not at others. Mm -hmm. And so if you just went through a breakup, if you were just diagnosed with something, if you dealt with a loss, if you're away from home for the first time, you know, if you're in a period of transition and you're feeling like the earth beneath you is not feeling so solid, um, you're then going to be much more open to someone recruiting you into this. And I really wanted the listeners to take their focus away from the victims and put it squarely on the shoulders of the people who deserved it, Jeff and Shalia, and some of their instructors, who they instruct to instruct just like them. And so I'm hoping that it was helpful for people, but I know still in the public eye, there can be a lot of criticism of the people who were victimized. And this is one of the reasons that I find it so important to tell these kinds of stories, too, because I really want over time for there to be a very clear understanding that we are all susceptible to different things at different times, but that there are going to be people roaming the earth with us like a Jeff and Shalia who really see this as sport. They see human need and a human heart as something to play with. 
And they see human beings, I think, as people to use for their own benefit. Thank goodness people are going to be hearing about this group. If you want to be in touch, if you've dealt with this group or a group like it, or after you see the documentaries or listen to the Wondery podcast or the seventh episode of the Wondery podcast, I would love to hear your feedback. Let me know what you think of this group and what you think of Jeff and Shalia. Thank you again for your support. Thanks again for listening to our Patreon bonus episode. Your support is crucial to keeping the show on the air. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter and Instagram for more content and resources. Be well, and I'll talk to you soon.